Now, before we proceed with this episode, I do have something important that I need to share with everybody. As you guys know, about two years ago, I did a sketch comedy show called The Going Live Show. And while I was on the show, I worked with a very talented cast and became friends with practically every cast member on the show. And one friend that I had in particular, her name was Tata Sharice. Now, if you watch The Going Live Show, you know who Tata is. She was basically um, the public defender. That was her uh, main gimmick on the uh, show. That was the main character she played, and she did that quite a few times. And if you saw the um, Hood Exorcist sketch, uh, she played the mother in the sketch. Like, I played the, uh, the priest that was trying to, you know, get the demon out of her son in the sketch. Uh, she played the mom, and I played the priest going, the power of Christ compels you. Like, that was me. Well, sadly, this past Last Christmas Eve, uh, Tata Sharice was carjacked at gunpoint while coming home from a comedy show. Now, the good news is she is not hurt physically. The bad news is her car was stolen and the merchandise that she sells after shows was stolen as well. And she currently has a GoFundMe page set up to help her raise the money that she needs to get a new car and order more merch so she can, you know, get back to selling merch and get out there performing. And what I'm going to do is I am going to read the synopsis of her GoFundMe page to further illustrate what she's looking for rather than try to paraphrase. It. So this is on her GoFundMe page. Hey y'all, so I got carjacked. I'm no stranger to obstacles or overcoming tough times, but what recently happened to me was something I really wasn't prepared for. I was carjacked at gunpoint by two men on Christmas Eve coming home from a show. Comedy is now the majority of my income, so my car was very important to me because it's how I get to most shows. Also, all of my Tata Sharice merchandise was in the trunk of my car, which is another big part of my income. I'm blessed to be alive. I do about five to 10 shows a month and I'm really grinding. I don't plan to give up at all, but I'm creating this GoFundMe to help speed things up so I can get back to doing what I love and bring joy to others. Anything that anybody can contribute would be greatly appreciated and used to go towards a car and to replace my merchandise that I sell at shows. I appreciate the support and my spirit has not been broken. Thank you for the love that people have already showed me and anything further helps. I just entered year six of my stand-up comedy career and it has been an incredible journey. I've hit amazing milestones and so far I've performed in over 200 shows non-stop, but I can't let this situation situation slow me down. And as I mentioned before, Tata Sharice is a friend of mine. I've worked with her before. She is hilariously funny and a tremendous talent. And I am encouraging all of the Boochcast fans to donate money to Tata Sharice's GoFundMe to help her get back on her feet, get back on the road, and get back to doing what she does best. So from now until the GoFundMe page is completed, I am going to be putting the link to her GoFundMe page on every single Boochcast episode going forward inside the synopsis so you can use it to go there and do whatever you can to help her out. I will also be providing links on the Boochcast social media pages so you can access them there as well. So go to the link, donate what you can, and help Tata Sharice get back to bringing joy and laughter to the world. My stones let it rain. I hide the plane in the bank. Coming down at the Dow Jones. When the clouds come, we go. We 
What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to The Booch Cast. This week, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with our NFL Week in Review. And, ladies and gentlemen, we are here for the main event of the NFL. And, of course, we can't get to the main event without the man himself, the NFL exporter, the man that we always enjoy having on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back the one, the only, Mr. Lance Goodman. Lance, welcome back to the show. Yes, yes. How's everything going? Pretty good, man. Uh... Uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, dealing with a lot. I got positives, negatives, trying to balance them all. Uh, you know how life is. I most certainly do have some complications uh, ongoing this morning, but you know, that's the name of the game in life. You can either fall victim to circumstance or push through and get to the other side. And that's exactly what we're doing this morning. Absolutely. And uh, obviously, we're here to talk about it. The big event itself, Super Bowl 57, which uh, I believe was uh, this past Sunday at the time that we're uh, recording this. Last Sunday at the time, uh, this baby's coming out so uh lance how do you we know we, we we bet everything we had we had our predictions how do you feel this thing played out uh, i think it played out how we thought um i know i was sitting on the fence big time uh, when we went through our uh pre-game what we thought may uh how the things may shake out so i think the game itself uh played out how we thought we figured that it could very well be a situation to which team has the ball last now uh, we definitely expected a lot of scoring definitely was a very exciting game and um you know, obviously, you know, we had a play at the end of the game that certainly, uh, I think, just ruined or really put a damper on an otherwise great game with the uh, pass interference call on the Eagles defender, James Bradbury. But, uh, you know, we'll get to that because that was at the end of the game. Obviously, there was a lot that went on beforehand, but I think things played out how we expected. High scoring game, very exciting game. Um, it did come down to which team had the ball last to win the game. And so even though it wasn't in the fashion we wanted to see, that's exactly how things played out and it is Patrick Mahomes uh, head coach Andy Reid uh, tight end Travis Kelsey along with some other guys on that team that are now have their name in the history books forever I think at this point with Patrick Mahomes um, playing out the rest of his career if he never makes another Super Bowl never wins another Super Bowl uh, he already has the resume of a Hall of Fame quarterback he has two sort of two Super Bowl wins three Super Bowl appearances two Super Bowl MVPs two regular season MVPs so uh, from this point forward his best football is still ahead of them and in my opinion when you can get ahead of the curve and get you a couple titles under your uh under your belt early in your career uh not that the word relax but i mean you're just playing at that point you're just going out and playing football you know the onus or that stigma that you're not a champion is off your off your chest early in your career so i mean patrick mahomes at this point probably what 26 27 years old um with the way these quarterbacks have been able to transcend their play uh, he's a guy that you figure at the bare minimum another eight to ten years in the nfl and he's still uh, his best days are ahead of him. Travis Kelsey uh, has definitely solidified himself in the Hall of Fame. It's going to be right up there when it's all said and done. Possibly is the best tight end in NFL history. Andy Reid, uh, the head coach for the Chiefs, going to be hard to find um, outside of probably Bill Belichick. Another coach that ha has had that much success, let's not forget, uh, in Philadelphia, which was Andy Reid's first tenure as a head coach. Uh, don't uh, uh, quote me, but I believe the Eagles made anywhere from maybe four to five NFC championship games. Uh, did have have a Super Bowl appearance, unfortunately lost in the Super Bowl to the Patriots. Then he comes over to Kansas City. I think the Chiefs have won their division the last six or seven years in a row. Uh, they have made the AFC Championship game. This was their fifth straight season, making the AFC Championship game. He has three Super Bowl appearances, two Super Bowls. And so, you know, those guys in particularly stick out, but certainly defensive lineman Chris Jones and some of the other core guys on that Kansas City Chiefs uh, have those two Super Bowls too. And so uh, for the Chiefs, this just really elevates 
elevated those key names in particularly Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey to a whole nother level um, and and have really put the Chiefs as the new standard in the AFC. We know that Joe Burrow and Josh Allen and uh, Lamar Jackson and Justin Herbert and there's a lot of young uh, quarterbacks in the AFC, a lot of teams in the AFC that are good and come into the season as perennial favorites, but I think the Chiefs really put that to rest and everybody is, as Travis Kelsey asked, when to put some respect on their name and at least for the next season or two, uh, as long as that nucleus is still together, uh, Benny, there'll be no question about who the favorites are coming out the AFC. Absolutely. I mean, it was it was a phenomenal game. I, I could say that. Like, it was one of those games where you had, uh, there were times where you thought you knew the answer, then you didn't. Like, it was definitely an on-the-edge-of-your-seat uh, game, and I definitely, I for one enjoyed it. Um, you know, I thought that, you know, Jalen Hurts played his, put his, put his heart and soul into this game. Like, obviously, Patrick Mahomes, his team got the win. He's definitely in the record books, uh, but I definitely think Jalen Hurts, like, what I love and what I loved about him in this game and, and what I love about seeing him in general is he's one of those guys that I feel like when he absolutely has to, he can just take matters into his own hands, which is what I enjoyed in this game. Like, there were times where he was he was passing or, or, or handing the ball off or whatever, and there just wasn't a first down happening. So he's one of those quarterbacks that's like, okay, I tried this, I tried this, F it, I'm going to run. And he just says, fuck it, and runs and either gets a first down or scores. Like, he's one of those guys that's like, you know, obviously I want my teammates to, you know, get the job done, but if they can't, I can just run it. And I feel like that's one of the things that I loved about the game was seeing Jalen Hurts just take the matters into his own hands when he needed to. Uh, granted, he did have that moment where he kind of where he kind of dropped the ball at one point, like liter- and I mean literally dropped the ball, which was like, you know, there was that fumble where from one angle it looked like he dropped it, and then I'm trying to figure it out. Then as soon as I heard the announcer say he dropped it, I was like, boom, that makes sense right there. Um, I, and, I, and what I also found interesting, and I want to get your take on this, was one of the things we talked about um, last week or, or during the conference episode was where you talked about how whenever there's like a, a something about like a penalty or something and they could throw out a challenge flag, the Eagles immediately ran to the line, snapped the ball before they could throw the flag. And, you know, that's one of the rulings we talked about where once once the play is, once the next play moves on, you can't challenge it. But I noticed they tried the snap trick again, and for some reason, it didn't work this time. Like, it felt like they had snapped, they were just about to play, but the flag had already been thrown. Um, what was the difference between uh, the trick in this game and the trick from the last game? Yeah, I, I think the, the the trick, and just for those uh, listeners who were unaware of the conversation me and Vinny had last week on the show, uh, three weeks prior when the 49ers and Eagles played in the NFC Championship game, was a very similar play, ironically, to the same exact player, same exact team. So Jalen Hurts threw a long pass downfield on a fourth and three play against the 49ers. The play was called a catch on the field. And before the 49ers had a chance to challenge the play, before the instant replay booth had an opportunity to look at the play, the Eagles hurried up, sprinted to the line of scrimmage and snapped the football, which at that point, when another play is ran, the opposing team cannot challenge it. The booth uh, cannot overturn the play, even though they can look at it. And we were able to clearly see after Philadelphia ran that play a couple weeks ago against the 49ers, that the play was a clear drop. Same thing happened in the Super Bowl. Uh, Jalen Hurts throws a long pass to Devonta Smith. Uh, Smith gets two hands on it. This was a from a from a difficulty standpoint. This was a much easier catch for Devonta Smith to make. Um, but unfortunately, when he went to the ground, he lost possession of the football. It was clear to see that the football hit the ground and that he did not maintain possession through the catch. And so um, he 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 grabbed possession of the football. He had two feet in bounds 
drops, but the NFL has made it now to where you have to complete the catch all the way through falling on the ground. And so when Devonta Smith, the wide receiver for the Eagles, hit the ground, the ball also hit the ground. And Philly uh, was about a second away. They did a great job. They sprinted up. But what did what did they say in life, Vinny? You can learn from your own mistakes, but you also can learn from other people's mistakes. And I yes. think the Kansas City Chiefs were aware enough of what happened and, and understood the magnitude of that game and that play to where they automatically threw a challenge flag out. Uh, it seems like even the instant replay booth was probably in their mind uh, a little bit uh, more up to speed because of the play that happened in the 49ers game. And without Philadelphia being able to run that play many, that allowed for the play to get reviewed. The right call was made and Philadelphia ended up having a field goal on that possession. Uh, a touchdown was not guaranteed, but it would have put them in much more favorable field position, allowed them to have much more time on the clock and put them closer to the goal line. And so that was huge, Vinny. And just like it was huge in that game, uh, I know 49ers fans had to be sick to their stomach seeing that happen because probably wishing that their coach and the uh, replay booth would have been able to make that same uh, call a couple weeks earlier. Yeah, because I, I, that was my immediate thought was I was like, I saw that then because there was like also there was that I think there was a substitution call or something and Kansas City challenged that previous, you know, as they were saying, they were challenging the catch and I was like the ball had already been snapped. So I felt like that contradicted what we talked about last week. But either way, it was I thought that was that that was one of, that was just something that stood out to me because it, and it was weird because up before we talked about that, that is something I would have never looked for in a game before. Like it's something I don't even think about. But ever since like as soon as that happened, my immediate thought was, wait a minute, didn't we just talk about that? So now it's like I'm starting to I started to, I started to notice stuff that I haven't noticed before, which is why I'm glad I, I get to learn about stuff like this. And of course, um, you know, Kansas City uh having a hell of a game and um and and of course one other thing that I noticed about the Super Bowl is of course um you know everybody everybody you know obviously football fans we look forward to the game you know if you're an Eagles if you if your team is in there you're the most excited to see the game then there's this regular then there's the casual football fans that watch Super Bowl regardless of who's in it and then of course there's the people that I I know very well who they love seeing the commercials during the Super Bowl it's like one of those it's the only time where like people are like glued to, usually when a commercial comes on you're either changing the channel to another game or you're going to the bathroom you're getting something to eat but somehow in the Super Bowl everybody sits through the commercials is there a particular commercial that you enjoy just out of curiosity like one that stood out to you the most you know it was actually and it's it's, it's funny that you bring that up because me and, the, and a lot of people who were watching the Super Bowl um and maybe it has to do with age you know um the commercials just don't seem to have a luster that they did uh back growing up I mean I myself Vinny am 44 uh so you know probably can as far back as I can remember watching Super Bowls you know maybe 19 let's just say 1990 through 2000 19 you know 87 through 2000 and um in my opinion I think that social media and the internet are I don't want to use the word ruin but have changed the landscape of these commercials I think on one in Benny, there have been so many Super Bowls. I believe this was maybe Super Bowl 55, 56, 54, somewhere in there. And so I think one, the ideas for commercials uh, probably have ran out. I think we kind of talk about that sometimes with movies and why they do so many remakes. Like yeah. you know, at this point, there's been so many commercials made. I mean, good Lord. I mean, it's hard to come up with something uh, that back when me and you were growing up. And that's why I make mention of the internet and social media. You know, nowadays, Benny, with, with the internet and social media, me and you are seeing commercials uh, every day, all day long. You yeah. know, when we go to a website. Back when we were growing up with no internet, with no social media, you know, sometimes the only time that you got a chance to see a celebrity in a commercial, you know, might be, uh, I mean, the only time that you got a chance to see a celebrity all year long or over a six month period might be in a Super Bowl commercial. Yeah. You know, and what a celebrity was, was completely different. You know, right now, the day and age we live in, a celebrity is in 
anybody, Vinny, if, if this show were to go viral and get 3 million views, me and you would be a celebrity tomorrow. Yeah. That is the type of society we live in. Back at that time, you couldn't, you know, go uh, uh, go to Michael Jackson's Instagram. You know, you, you couldn't go <laughs> to Eddie Murphy's Facebook page. You know, so it was a lot more exclusivity in terms of what a celebrity was, what a great commercial was. Um, so I think it just takes away from it. But the commercial did, did stood out to me. Um, I don't remember the name of it. I certainly would like to look. Um, it was something that I don't know about you and other people. But it touched an emotional chord. Uh, it made me actually feel kind of ashamed uh, of our society. And it was a commercial video where they were basically just showing the sad state of affairs in this country, in the world, uh, with a lot of racial tension. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was just a video just showing, you know, black people fighting against each other, black and white people fighting against each other, people from different races having issues with themselves and having issues with each other, religious tension, things of that nature. And it just, you know, it just really struck an emotional chord and just made me think like, man, you know, like it's so sad and unfortunate that we're all human beings. You know, we all sleep. We all have to eat. You know, we all breathe. You know, nobody's absent from anything. I mean, if somebody's heart stops beating, you know, they're going to die. You know, if somebody gets shot, it's going to hurt. But the simple fact that, you know, somebody's of a brown complexion, somebody's of a pale complexion, somebody's of a dark complexion. These are the things that, you know, have our society as a whole here in the U.S., here in Georgia, across the whole world there's so much religious and racial hate and tension um that man is just coming to a head on and, and and that one really stood out to me Vinny because I think it's something that you know we all have um had to see have had to be a part of have had to witness on one end or the other and you know to a certain degree Vinny it just it really it just really makes me sick yeah I know I mean and there was something that I noticed that you know the NFL emphasized a lot with a lot of different um commercials and things like that throughout the season and everything so I noticed that definitely stood out um, and then, you know, for, for me, it was like, and then it's like, although I will say that I, the one thing I'll give credit where it's due is they found a way to blend, like, if they had a commercial that was really serious, they would try to put something like comedic after it to kind of like, you know, ease the tension a little bit, which is what I appreciated. Like, they didn't put like a bunch of like serious ones in a row to the point where it's like, can I even watch this game? Like, it's, I think, so I found that very interesting as well. Like, I, like, I think one that, I think, I think the one that I, that I liked was like, um, I noticed like they had Ben Affleck at Dunkin' Donuts, I thought it was hilarious because first of all, you would I would never you would never first of all, it was funny enough seeing Ben Aff like at the drive-thru, but then seeing J Lo pull up, I thought was hilarious, so I enjoyed that. But the one that really shocked me was the one with Alicia Silverstone. Cause I, I'll be honest, I didn't even know she was still alive. And I'm not saying that in a negative way. I love Alicia Silverstone, but I haven't seen her in movies in, like a long time. Like, have, have you seen her in anything recently? Because I haven't I didn't even know she was still acting. No, I, I haven't. I haven't. I, you know, that is something else though that, that I still do think is interesting in these Super Bowl commercials. You do have a collective of young and old and uh, man, even older uh, stars and celebrities that kind of pop up. So yeah, that that, that was kind of interesting. Yeah, I like that one. And then um, and then they and then they had like the and then they had like Michael Keaton showing up as Batman in the Flash movie. I was like, okay, I'm definitely going to see that now. And then of course um, and then the, the only one and the one that I thought was the and then of course they had like they were doing they were doing the Grease thing with Danny Zuko and I'm like they picked JD and Turk from Scrubs to do that commercial and all I'm thinking is you couldn't have picked two better people to reenact that scene than Turk and JD. It was weird because Scrubs hasn't been on TV in like 20 years but yet somehow those two still managed 
to pull that off. And I also like the Bush Light commercial with Sarah McLaughlin. I thought was perfect. Like, because he's like, she's coming out there doing the commercial. And he's like, um, like, Sarah, we're in the mountains and that's a wolf. And you just see her get like nervous and scared. I thought that was great. And then, of course, I think my other favorite was the DraftKings one. Because I just get, not just because Kevin Hart, Ludacris, and Tony Hawk are great. I, I think it's the first time I've ever seen The Undertaker in a Super Bowl commercial. And I was like, I didn't even realize that was that was even a thing. So those were the ones that kind of like um, stood out to me. And then of course, um, and then of course, no Super Bowl is complete without the uh, the halftime show. And of course, Rihanna was out there. And I noticed she's been getting mixed feelings on the internet. Some people liked it, some people hated it. A lot of people are going crazy over it. How do you think she did during the halftime show? Yeah, I mean, I think for what we all found out at that time, she did a great job. I mean, we we you know, um, I'm not sure if she has been not coming out in public, and when she has, if she has been in extra baggy clothes. Um, but I think we all, you know, seeing that she's pregnant again, I think she did an outstanding job. You know, um, all things considered, uh, she did have some songs that I would have personally liked to hear perform. Yeah. Um, I also think that makes it much that much more exciting. Uh, obviously, some of those collaborations that she had with Drake, uh, with Jay-Z, with Kanye West, it would have been awesome to see one of those guys come out. But I think at the same time, you know, those guys probably respectfully sometime in those situations, you don't want to take the light off of uh, Rihanna. You know, maybe those guys come out and steal the show or something like that. But I think overall, she did a great job, um, all things considered. You know, like I said, you can obviously see that she is pregnant again. And um, to me, that seemed like that, you know, in the gossip, in the media world was really more of what took the attention. You know, this whole big thing. Wow. You know, what? Look how, how bold it is of Rihanna to announce to the world that she's pregnant again by doing it on a Super Bowl stage. But overall, uh, her catalog of music is great. And uh, I think she did a great job. Yeah. And uh, I mean, honestly, like, I mean, the only thing that the only thing that made me nervous was the fact that it's like, and again, I'm obviously I've never been pregnant, so I'm not an expert in this area. But like, um, at one point, like, I didn't have a problem with her being pregnant on stage as long as she's being safe. Like, that's my only thing. But then I noticed, like, because she's on that like rising level thing that goes up, and I didn't know, like, um, I don't know if being pregnant at high altitude affects affects it in any way. So I think that's about the only thing that kind of made me nervous. But again, like, it's not something I'm hating on. It's just on that kind of made me go, is that safe? Because again, I don't know. Like I said, never been pregnant, not an expert, not pretending to be. So I think that was the only thing that kind of made me nervous. But also, the what was she wearing a poncho or a jacket? I thought I couldn't tell what the heck she was wearing. Like the rest of the outfit was great, but then one all of a sudden out of nowhere, she's wearing this weird, like I couldn't tell what that was. Like I couldn't tell if that was a jacket or a poncho or whatever. But I'm like, it can't be a poncho because the closed stadium. I thought that was the only thing I thought was weird. Other than that, I enjoyed the performance. I thought Rihanna did. Uh, I thought Rihanna did a good job. It was um definitely something fun, although I thought the okay is, is anybody I, I don't know maybe I'm like yeah I'm not following her music was there a reason that she had a bunch of dancers that were dressed like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man? <laughs> yeah, man, I, I'm not sure. You know uh, the the, the uh, stylists and things of that nature. I, I never a lot of times I don't get it, but uh, for whatever reason, I, I it, it it worked. You know, it, it was it was what they felt looked great, and you know how that goes when it comes to style and fashion. A lot of things that uh, people don't understand or may look ridiculous or in a different light uh, certainly look another way to other people. So I, I'm not I'm not sure, but I, I guess uh, you know the stylist and Rihanna and her team that was the uh, the colors they decided to go with. Yeah, I mean, luckily red's my favorite color because I saw 
lot of it. And um and of course um one and then one other thing I noticed out there, and I think this is something that was definitely a highlight was uh I think seeing Demar Hamlin in the stands with Roger Goodell, I thought was I thought was pretty cool to be able to see him uh in the stands. Uh, what was your reaction when you saw him up there with Roger Goodell? Yeah, I mean it was just great. You know, he was obviously probably the feel good story of the NFL season, and uh, it was just great to see him back moving on his on the court. You know, we prayed intensely for him. Uh, everybody did. So I think the big thing we everybody's happy to have, see come away is that he didn't have any type of brain damage or uh, physical setback. So it's just good to see him back up, moving on his own accord, uh, mind fully capable and having a good time. Obviously, he's somebody who is going to be embraced uh, for many years to come. And so I think it's just a great thing to see overall. Um, after halftime is where things really started to heat up, Vinny. You know, the first half of that football game, Philadelphia really had firm control of that yeah. uh, before Jalen Hurts just on his own, you know, in the process of trying to switch the football from one hand to the other, uh, fumbled on his own accord. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs uh, linebacker Nick Bolton was able to pick it up and take it in for a touchdown. It kind of felt like at that point, things got away from Philadelphia a little bit. They were up 14-7 to in firm control, doing a great job of playing keep away. You know, a lot of teams are not built. You know, you go in and say, hey, you know, I, I want to make sure that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, we try to keep them off the field as much as possible. Easier said than done. Well, Philadelphia was able to do that. Very effective short passing game. Jalen Hurts using his legs and his arm to get things done. They really were keeping Kansas City off balance. And that play that uh, really were points given to Kansas City really put it to a 14-14 game and kind of changed the complexion of that football game. I think if Philadelphia would have got out 21-7, to especially with how much time they were eating off the clock, uh, that would have put them in the driver's seat. When you look at the second half of that football game, and this is where great coaching comes into play, um, Andy Reid and his staff did an excellent job at halftime making the adjustments. If you notice that outside of some great throws by Jalen Hurts, he had one on a third and five where he rolled out to his left, threw across his body, made a great pass to Dallas Goder. Coverage was right there, dead smack on. There was another third and 14, same exact thing. Great ball placement by Jalen Hurts. Uh, Dallas Goder, the, the talented young tight end for the Eagles, was able to make another tough catch between two defenders. Um, outside of that, the Chiefs really improved their coverage on the back end. In the first half, guys were running wide open through that secondary. You did not see it as much. Kansas City also stiffened up against the run. And then you talked about it. There was a key play in that game where Philadelphia's wide receiver dropped a pass that was right on his hands. If you were able to see the instant replay from the very beginning of that play, uh, Vinny, uh, he was running at full speed and he just slowed up for just a half a stride and got back into full speed. And it was that that little split second to where if he just would have ran full speed throughout the entire route, the ball would have dropped perfectly into his hands instead of him having to basically lunge and dive out to try to make that catch a ball. Again, it was very catchable, went right through his hands. As for Kansas City, uh, we know that Patrick Mahomes and that offense, uh, when they get on fire and on the road, they're just hard to stop. And they're a team that has supreme confidence in themselves. If you think about three years ago, this was a team that was down 28 to nothing, excuse me, 24 to nothing at home against the Houston Texans and came back. The Chiefs have had to come back from being down in a lot of football games over the past five years. So they're a team that certainly will not break. They won't get nervous. They won't get rattled. They've been through those experiences before. And uh, the two touchdowns, the last two touchdowns that they scored in the second half just goes to show how smart not only head coach Andy Reid is, but their offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy. They ran the same exact play, just to opposite sides of the football field, and it worked to perfection. Philadelphia 
Philadelphia was in man coverage. The Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver started to go like he was in motion. And the Philadelphia Eagles defenders were so just, just moving too fast. I mean, they're running in motion before the person that they're checking is even making an emotion. And the receiver simply pivots back, runs back the opposite way, wide open, nobody's there to catch him. The second one was even more ridiculous. The defender for the Eagles, he's running. He's so far in motion, Vinny, running before the Kansas City guys and even motion. He's not even in position to make that play. And those end up being the uh, last two touchdowns uh, for the Chiefs to put them ahead. And then on the final drive, like I said, it looked, it was a pass interference, uh, a holding call. The defender admitted it. I think the problem that I have with it, Vinny, and so many other people have as well, is that that play is not called on a consistent basis. And that is the one thing that me and you talk about week in and week out is how these officials are inconsistent. We see things called one way in one game, but then in the other game, it's called another way. And look, there is a rule where you can grab or get physical with a player within five yards. And my personal opinion, uh, the slight tug of the jersey, the little wrap around, it did not hinder. And I think that's where referees want to look at. It did not stop the wide receiver from making a play on the ball. The ball was well overthrown, but nonetheless, it was called. And again, it just, to me, robbed NFL fans essentially what you pay for, which was if that's not called, Kansas City kicks a field goal. They're up three. Jalen Hurts and the Eagles with about a minute 34 left have an opportunity to drive down the football field and either tie or win the game. But again, you know, um, the rules are the rules. Um, I just kind of agree with something I heard a lot in the media this week, which is there weren't any defensive holding calls that entire game. And if you're going to call that, I'm pretty sure if we were to go back and watch that game again, you would have seen much worse. And so, you know, it just was an unfortunate way to end a great football game. But uh, you got to get a Kansas City Chiefs credit. Their defense definitely stiffened up in the second half. And uh, offensively, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, head coach, uh, excuse me, offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy found some soft spots in that Eagles defense, and they exploited it for two easy touchdowns in the second half. Absolutely. And that was definitely, you know, like I said, you know, between referee mistakes and other game-changing moments, it was definitely something that, you know, turned the tide and got Kansas City the win because the, the Eagles were crushing it. And I, I almost was one of those things where, you know, you feel like it's going to, you feel like it's going to go their way and then something happens. So I, I've learned from the, although I've learned from the Falcons Patriots Super Bowl to never assume that a team is up at the first half. I've, I've learned that lesson a long time ago, but I honestly thought, you know, the, I thought the Eagles had it in the bag, especially when, um, especially when Mahomes had the, was like, after he got sacked, he was like practically like limping or skipping off the field. I, I thought after that, it was like, oh, this ain't going to be good, but I give him credit on that. On that high ankle sprain, he found a way to keep playing. So this was definitely um, a highlight uh, for the year. And of course, um, so uh, I know it's, I know we're a few, I know we're like well away from this. Do you have any, do you, what do you expect to happen uh, next season after everything we've seen? Yeah, hard to tell. You know, the NFL is a league where you get so much uh, turnover in the offseason. And so it's very difficult to tell. You don't know who's going to be on what team. Yeah. But the thing we do know for a fact, and that's what was proven in this Super Bowl, I think we definitely can expect to see the Eagles and the Chiefs amongst the top teams in the NFL again next year. And obviously, uh, both teams are going to be very motivated. It would be shocking unless either one of those teams lose their star quarterbacks if either one of those teams weren't right back in the thick of things next year. And it's going to be an exciting uh, season as always, that's for sure. The free agency and the draft period is a very exciting time. That'll be taking place over the next couple months. And, you know, we'll be able to really see who's on what team and how things uh, stack up. But definitely, you know, the Eagles and the Chiefs 
Chiefs, barring any injury setbacks, are going to be right there smacking a the championship hunt again. Absolutely. And, um, and of course, um, you know, I, I definitely look forward to seeing what uh, happens next season. And, uh, of course, um, uh, obviously, there's, a two, there's one other thing I want to cover here real quick before we, uh, before we wrap this up. I know um, uh, February 25th, I know you got a big event coming up. Yeah, definitely. So if you're here in the city of Atlanta, especially if you're an Atlanta Falcons fan, we have our year-end fan appreciation uh, and celebration party that is going to be next Saturday, February the 25th from 3 p.m. to 8 p.m. It's at Folding Warehouse, 1356 English Street Northwest, Atlanta, GA 30318, about 10 minutes down the street from the stadium. Uh, if you would like to uh, come to the event, it is free with an RSVP. It's going to be a lot of fun music, games, just really giving Falcons fans one last time to come out, have a great time before the uh, season officially wraps up and we head into uh, the official start of next season, which is at the beginning of March. And so, yeah, if you're in the city of Atlanta, uh, you can give me a follow on Instagram at UFCATL. That stands for Ultimate Football Club ATL. Uh, here on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash NFL Exporter. If you're on Twitter at NFL Exporter, the spelling for all of those is NFL E-X-P-O-R-T-E-R. Uh, Vinny is going to be one of our special guests. If he's able to make it, I'm pretty sure he'll have the information available for you as well. But it's again, it's a free event. Come out, have a great time, celebrate the football season, celebrate Falcons football. And again, just come have a great time. Absolutely. And we will have that information to you guys uh, on the uh, social media pages, uh, Boochcast pages and all that. And of course, you can check out uh, Lance Goodman as well. Follow him on all of his social media. He is definitely fantastic. I love having him on the show. And I, I'm lo- I love that you're back, man. And I, I definitely look forward to, um, you know, talking, you know, football with you next season. And of course, um, one other thing I want to talk about is another, obviously, you know, the season's not going to start till September, but I do know that I definitely have this uh, idea that I've been, and I've been talking about a lot. Like, obviously, I want to get together with you at some point in the offseason and do uh, Dark Side of Football. I think that'll be very entertaining for the YouTube audience to check out. But uh, Lance, I definitely want to thank you again, man, for uh, coming back to the show and, uh, you know, obviously being on the show today, coming back on the show in general. And um, I definitely look forward to uh, talking football with you next season. I know we got some other plans we're going to be doing in the offseason as well. And uh, I look forward to doing all of it, man. And I'm so glad you're back. Absolutely. Well, Vinny, it was great uh, being back on the show. It was great doing these segments with you. I appreciate you a ton. And like you said, definitely. We're definitely going to get together in the offseason and uh, make sure that when we come back uh, next season, uh, we'll have even some bigger and greater things in store for fans. So I appreciate you and the, and the uh, great platform that you have here. Absolutely, man. Uh, definitely talk to you soon. Okay, absolutely, Vinny. Thanks a ton. Talk to you soon. All right, and make sure you guys follow the Boochcast. We are on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcast, and iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash theboochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Make sure you check out the latest episode of the Male Soap Opera Moment. Check out our predictions for WWE Elimination Chamber. See who won, who lost, and be on the lookout for our recap of Elimination Chamber coming soon to the Boochcast Facebook page. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Visit our YouTube channel. Check out all of our YouTube content, and be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted. Uh, this coming Thursday, our latest episode of Boochcast reviews Dark Side of the 90s drops with MTV and the real world so make sure you check that out as well as some other uh dark side of the 90s episodes coming soon in the coming weeks and of course lance and
and I getting together for Boochcast Reviews Dark Side of Football during the offseason. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, April 1st and Sunday, April 2nd for nights 1 and 2 of WrestleMania 39. WrestleMania is, of course, the mecca of all professional wrestling. It is the biggest event in pro wrestling. It's taking place over the course of two nights. And so far at the time of this recording, we have three matches confirmed for WrestleMania. We have Roman Reigns defending the undisputed WWE Universal Championship against Cody Rhodes. Also, we have Charlotte Flair defending the SmackDown Women's Championship against Rhea Ripley. And we have Bianca Belair defending the Raw Women's Championship against Asuka. And of course, we'll have more matches announced in the coming weeks leading up to WrestleMania. But make sure you join us on Twitch.tv slash TheBoochCast both nights for WrestleMania 39. Also, we have our live D&D show coming soon, our BoochCast booking battle, another special project in the works. Also, you can support the BoochCast by going to anchor.fm slash TheBoochCast slash support. Become a supporter of the BoochCast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Pick the one that works the best within your budget. We have our first level, which is $0.99, cents, $1 per month. We have our second level, which is $4.99, $5 per month. And we have our third level, which is $9.99, $10 per month. You have the option of paying with a credit card or with GPay. And the best part is all the money we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We use to upgrade our equipment. We use to bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and believe they are to be paid for their hard work, anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Boochcast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby! Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.